0: Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Kent Ingle, president of Southeastern University.
1: And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, vice president for innovation and communication.
0: And wow, well, I'm excited today to introduce our guest for the show, Dr. Alveda King. She's the daughter of the late civil rights activist, Reverend A.D. King, and the niece of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. She serves as the chair of the Center for the American Dream at America First Policy Institute. Institute. Dr. King is the founder of Speak for Life, a Fox News contributor and host of the Fox Nation show, Alveda King's House. Dr. King is also a former college professor, former state representative in Georgia, former presidential appointee and a 2021 recipient of the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, Alveda, it is an honor to have you with us today.
2: It is a joy and an honor to be with you, Mr. President and Mr. Vice President and Kent and Michael. You know, it's amazing the times in which we are living. I would like to say, before we get into the actual interview questions, I'm 72 years old and will be receiving a Ph.D. in a few days Wow! In congratulations! leadership and theology. Applied oh. theology from Aden University. So it's never too late to continue to learn and to grow. And to the graduates and the soon to be graduates, as you just move forward in life with every decade, continue to lead as servant leaders and continue to learn and grow at the same time.
0: Amen. That is great wisdom and great advice. And congratulations on, on your Thank PhD. You. And 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 I believe as uh, as God would want us to be lifelong learners, always learning and serving every way that we can. Uh, especially when we have the privilege to serve in leadership. Well, it's a privilege to have conversation with you. And before we dive into some of the issues I want to talk about um, uh, in, you know, in civil rights and, and your powerful legacy that you and your family have carried out in our nation, I'd love to discuss your experience as a college student and that journey, which, of course, eventually led you to becoming a college professor. Tell us about your experience and what you learned from that specific time in your life.
2: I was born into a family that became the King family legacy. And in the family that birthed my very famous uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., there were preachers and educators and teachers and entrepreneurs. And so education was always very important in our family, and it still is. Now, I believe that some people are successful When they don't go all the way through college and get all of the degrees and those experiences, those are very important. But when we begin to know our path in life, whether it's that formal degree, and I have several, or whether it is the life experiences, we should always be prepared to learn and to grow. Mm -hmm. And as we learn and as we grow, then we become possibly what god would like for us so my grandmother was a teacher my aunt christine was a teacher i have been a professor one of my sons has been a professor two of my other uh, children have taught in school most of my children five of the six have graduate degrees even you know college Mm -hmm. and post-grad one decided he didn't want to do that we did not pressure him or make him feel bad Mm -hmm. however i do believe That since the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, I believe God is favorable towards us studying and getting good education. It's not always learning, but never coming to the truth. So we can study so hard and then never come into the fullness of the truth of faith, hope, and love, of human kindness towards each other and human dignity. So we must learn God's way. That is very, very important. So I grew up in a family. Of teachers and educators, and so it was natural for me to follow that path as
1: well.
0: Yeah, and how important is it? You know, we use a phrase here at Southeastern: divine design. That every uh, student really connect to the way God created them. Ephesians two ten: You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared long ago. And we know how long ago. Psalm one thirty nine: Before you took your first breath, God was intimately creating and knitting you together in your mother's womb how important is that for every person to connect to that divine design
2: as we are created by god in the image and likeness of god when we're born, we are born and wired to be creative ourselves. Now, life experiences and life's trials sometimes can stifle that creativity. I know that's not happening at your university. I know that creativity is encouraged. And so that creative genius or that creative energy that is in our hearts, we are designed to learn, to grow, and to create. We're also designed to love each other to yes. come together as brothers and sisters and not perish together as fools. And that my uncle, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, paraphrased one of his quotes. So creativity, study is important. Values are very important. Uh, God's values, God's way, human kindness is very important. I mentioned faith, hope, and love. Now, when you put that into the learning experience, then you are now wired for success. Yes. And when mm-hmm. you begin to find who, out who you are, I have a book, Who We Are in Christ Jesus. I wrote a poem many years ago on the way to becoming who I am, Mm. and I'm still becoming who I am at 72. So we can always find deeper dimensions of our experience, our purpose, and our destiny, but we must move in those directions. Now, some people have often asked me, well, what do you do? And I would begin to say what I do. And they said, that's too many things. Just pick, choose one. (laughs) Just choose one. But I'm sure that uh, your students have studied the Renaissance period, for example. Mm -hmm. So some of the scientists were also great artists and great theologians and even entrepreneurs at the same time. So how do you marshal that without becoming scattered and becoming Jackson Jills of all trade? You begin to study, to map out your course in life, following biblical principles and guidelines. And as you do that, and then surround yourself with others who are like-minded, because two can't walk together if they don't agree. And so, if you find that you're with people who are not in agreement with that success story that, that is unfolding before you. You might just want to change, not to be this kind or not to be unkind or say that I'm better than you because I think this way and I think that way. Absolutely not. But surrounding yourselves with those who will help you grow, who will bless you and those you can help to grow and bless as well in that process with the proper training. Mm -hmm. then you are mapping a path for success and Mm -hmm. wonderful creativity. Uh, One of my grandchildren said to me the other day, I can do anything I believe. I said, I was taught that when I was a little girl your age. However, along with doing what I believe Mm -hmm. I can do and becoming who I believe I can be, I have to study and prepare. If I'm not prepared and if I have not studied, I will not be successful. Yeah. So those two things go together.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm curious about your your family history. You talked about uh, how you have this great, incredible legacy of different people who have had high impact in different spheres of life. With that, I feel like so many students end up uh, with a lot of the same expectations, right? Their parents had expectations for their life. Society has expectations for what they have to be. And as they step into that first career, sometimes those expectations can kind of crush or feel like it's a heavy weight when trying to discover their divine design. How can students navigate expectations? And how did you navigate the expectations that were put maybe in your life?
2: I have navigated by exploring, studying, Attempting and trying many things and beginning to find out what I'm good at. As a matter of fact, I have many accomplishments and I also have hobbies. So, one of my hobbies is gardening. And every once in a while, you'll see on social media me in my garden. I have a beautiful deck garden, but I'm not an expert in that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I realized I would never be an expert gardener, never really studied it. So, that's a hobby. Find the difference between a hobby and a career, and a profession, and then begin to find out what your own personal aptitude is. There are some stories, of course, when parents might want a child to be a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. or some other profession, and the child says, no, I want to be a chef. we well, are there any chefs in our family? No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. I, I watch the cooking shows, and some of the young people on the cooking shows say, well, my family wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer Or a a profession that was chosen and I wanted to cook. So I want to win because I want to show them that I'm successful in fulfilling the dream that I have. Mm. So whatever that dream has to be, regardless of what it is, you must study to show yourself improved. And then, uh, what do you call it? Continuing education, right. maybe, or something like that. Yeah. I'm always taking other little extra courses on the side and getting new certificates and learning. Especially, you know, my challenge is social media. Mm. Yes, it is amazing at my age, and I do okay. And I, now I don't want you to judge me. I'm about to <laughs> say. <it. laughs> I joined a little thing called TikTok, which is absolutely horrible. And I joined <laughs> yeah, TikTok. Now, guess how I joined TikTok? Mm-hmm. Also. My six-year-old granddaughter, she was five at the time, went to visit, you know, family members who had the computers and things. She created, <laughs> at her age, a TikTok account. Wow. Wow. She went on TikTok and was doing something that I would not encourage anybody to do, a little dance that she shouldn't Mm do. So I joined TikTok instead of spanking her, yelling at her and telling her this is horrible and the devil is going to get you. (laughs) I made a TikTok and I said, praise God right now. Give him praise. Hallelujah. TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then I put that on TikTok. So my grandchildren, the younger ones, were like, you can't do that. Yep. TikTok is not for old people at all, yeah. that Christian stuff you talk. I said, if you're on it, I'm on it. There
1: that's right. it is. That's so right. that's
2: my experience. And people say, why are you on TikTok? My granddaughter was lured onto it. And so we are watching and, of course, dealing with what she's doing now. But uh, just we should be actively engaged right. in every activity in this life, but yeah. do it in a way that it is pleasing to God and that it affirms life.
0: Well, Mm. well said. I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about culture right now and this whole cancel culture feels like we've lost the ability to listen and truly understand each other which is dampening our ability to continue to work to advance equality in our communities what have you learned and discovered especially over the last few years specifically regarding the state of of racism and inequality in a lot of our communities across this nation
2: My latest degree, the PhD. I had a doctor. I also have an honorary doctorate and an earned doctorate in theology. And so now, with the PhD, I was looking for a dissertation topic, and I love to teach on the love of God. However, at that time, the real fierce uh, cancel culture came up, the CRT arguments, and all of that. So I asked my advisor, who is also the president of the university, "Can I change? Can I say, is there a real critical race?" So he says, Well, where are you going with this? I said, There is a real critical race. It is the one blood human race mm-hmm. of Acts 1726. Yes. And so in those studies, I've written some more, explored some more, continuing to write and do videos and all of that. Now, when we actually read the Bible, Acts 1726, of one blood, God created all people to live together on the face of the earth. There are no separate races and so any of us could be categorized as racist if we say the white race needs to get along with the black race or the yellow or the brown there Mm. is of the black race there's one blood one human race Mm. this is the problem with the big argument that we've been having about critical race theory crt now Parents were so outraged and they should have been. Oh, we're not going to have that. We're going to shut it down. There'll Mm -hmm. be no discussions. We're not going to talk about CRT. So I went back to the approach that I use with my grandchildren. I said, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. Critical race theory is Marxist and socialist. Mm -hmm. It is designed by a group of people to who think that there is a superior race of human beings based on skin color. That is racist, and it is unacceptable. We are not going to have our children hating each other for any reason, Mm -hmm. and definitely not because of skin color. So when we begin to explain it and to say why critical race theory is racist, period, then we were able to reframe that discussion, and people would have understanding. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing successfully with the question of abortion. Mm. I actually, unfortunately, am, was pro-choice temporarily mm. in the nineteen late 1960s and 70s on based on lack of understanding. My grandfather convinced my mother not to abort me in 1950. Mm. Wow. He said he had seen me in a dream three years before I was born, and I had bright skin and bright red hair, and I was going to bless many people. Now, my mother did not have a DNC nor an illegal abortion, because it was illegal at the time, and I was born. But I was swept away into a woman's right to choose what she does with her body, and I still agree with that. However, when I became a born-again Christian around 83, 84, this came to me. A woman has a right to choose what she does with her body. Right. The baby's not her body. Where is the lawyer for the baby? Mm-hmm. How can the dream survive if we murder our children? So the civil rights of the mother and the child are very, very important. And the father should be involved as well. Mm -hmm. So those are the types of thoughts that I've had critically. Mm -hmm. And as I continue to think and reason and yet follow the word of God, we are discovering that we can serve humanity, the one blood human race with kindness, with faith, hope and love. When we examine God's intent for the human family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like so many people um, think that they're not allowed to have that kind of journey with their ideologies, right? This is whole painted the picture. You're not allowed to change your mind. You're not allowed to explore the other side, have new thoughts. How 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 where did you get the courage to do that for your own um, thoughts, with your own ideology, specifically with, with pro-choice, poor life, but then in general, how are you teaching that across the board?
2: My oldest uh, son, my firstborn, asked me something in a similar way. What is it about you? No matter what happens, you don't let anything overcome you or take mm-hmm. you down or take you under. You just keep going. So I was raised in a family of Christian leaders, men and women, and mm-hmm. the men at that time were preachers, mm-hmm. and they knew the Bible. Now were they perfect? Absolutely not. There are no perfect human beings; otherwise, we never would have needed Jesus. But they loved the Lord, and so I was encouraged to read the Bible, to mm-hmm. ask questions. I was never forced to accept the religion of my family or my elders, Mm -hmm. but I was encouraged to read and to get to know God for myself. Mm -hmm. I've always read the Bible. Uh, I would pray in certain times and in certain ways, but before 1983 with the born-again experience, Mm -hmm. God was distant to me. Mm -hmm. I drew close to God when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and begin to know the Holy Spirit. But I was always surrounded by a Christian family, mm. and that did help me. Now, what about the person who's never had a Christian family? God is not a respecter of persons, and God right. is not willing that anyone should be lost. Yes. And so there are people along life's journey who will always come along with a word or a message of the goodness of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so whether you are born into a family of Christians or any faith, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. you can find and know God and then live in such a way, not judgmentally, not feeling that we're better than others, Mm -hmm. that we know more than other people know and all of that. But we have to have kindness and we have to have faith, hope, and love. And when those elements are present in our lives, then we can reach other people and to inspire and encourage. Now, I've had some really hard times. Mm -hmm. I've been angry. I've committed many, many sins. I confessed all of them, the abortion, uh, just many things that I did that I should not have done. But when I really sincerely went to God in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and said, I am sorry, show me your way, teach me how Mm. to live for you. Yeah. God, of course, answered that prayer. Yeah. And so once we, especially if you're in a school with a Christian foundation, and you, we still live in America, mm-hmm. we're free, and we can read the Bible if we desire. So please take those opportunities to apply in your everyday lives what you're learning. Servant leaders, if we're going to be great in God's kingdom, we absolutely must be servants of all. I have to say that to my grandchildren, especially now the younger ones. Because young people are feel entitled.
1: Right. I
2: don't like this food. I don't want to eat that. I, you should do this for me. Why should I do it? Just why? explain that to mm. me. Why should I be in the home and I'm working and straightening out the home and you're sitting there watching TV on your phone and you don't get up and say, can I help? How can I do this? Servant leaders absolutely serve. If we want to be great in God's kingdom as servant leaders, we must be servants of all servants of God and servants of others Mm, the rewards are absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. and God is very very good goodness and mercy follow us when we follow God follow Christ and so it should never be a superior self-righteous oh I've got it together I'm going to heaven and you're gonna burn if you don't do what I do no 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 that is not the way Mm-hmm. and Jesus didn't do that and we shouldn't do it either
0: yeah you, you talk a lot about really the fruit of the spirit love joy peace kindness um, patience and and I have always believed that there's not an issue there's not a conflict that cannot be solved if we just apply the fruit of the spirit uh, as That's we right. as we follow follow the lord in in everyday servant leadership, so powerful wisdom that that you are sharing. I'm so grateful for, especially how you, um, uh, you know, speak so, so much on sanctity and the dignity of life from, especially from womb to the tomb, uh, and how you advocate so much for for this. Um, In the public eye, how do you combat political backlash from those who come hard against you and disagree with your position
2: well actually i will often make a reference to something that my uncle reverend dr martin Luther king jr said during his lifetime and uh, contrary to something i said many years ago in error and contrary to his own words he was not a republican or a democrat And he said he was an independent because he may have to speak to somebody at either party at any time. I'm Mm. paraphrasing, but that was his position. And so I remind people all the time, I ran for office as a Democrat. I was elected to the State House of Representatives in Georgia for two terms, four years, passed bills. And I believe God used me to make an impact. I became an independent years later. And then towards the end of the 90s, I became a Republican. And so I'm a Frederick Douglass Republican today, for example. So I'm still a civil rights leader, freedom Mm -hmm. fighter. And I support the Constitution of the United States and I read the Holy Bible. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I put all of that together in what I am today. But what is important, God is not a Democrat. God's not a Republican. Right. God's not an independent. You've got Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.
0: Yes. Right.
2: So when we look at it in that manner, then we know that we should love our brothers and sisters across the aisles, wherever we happen to be at the time. And so uh, even on my show, Fox Nation, sometimes my guests are independent Republicans and Democrats. I don't argue with people about their political persuasions. Mm-hmm. However, We should always vote in a very aware manner, voting for those who at least appear to fear God
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and to love human dignity and humanity from the womb to the tomb. Mm -hmm. And so those are the factors. We shouldn't just vote according to a political party. Right. But uh, what's in the heart of God Mm -hmm. should be reflected in our votes.
1: In your opinion, with all the with all the guests that you've been able to interview and in your work both in the political sphere and now with with Fox News, what are some of the what are some of the most critical issues today that our young people need to be thinking about? And as they're processing who to vote for, how should they be processing these issues?
2: I'm very concerned about the CRT issues, the cancel culture issues. Um The problems that we are now facing, we are going to have to have human dignity, as I'm saying, and love Mm and faith. And so uh, even down to Ukraine, what is happening in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. and I'm very supportive. As a matter of fact, I have helped to try to send some aid to Ukraine, myself, Haiti, different places all around the world and all around the country. But we have to take care of what's happening here in America at the same time, Mm -hmm. with all the violence the cancel culture, the arguments—we have got, we have got to, or we must begin to rescue and help our children. All these questions about sexuality, mm. uh, violence, and uh, just all of the things that they're concerned about—even with COVID, people mm. are arguing: who had a shot, who didn't have a shot? Why did you? Why didn't you? And it becomes animosity. Mm-hmm. We have got to come together with communication. And regard for each other as human beings and resolve some of these problems. My friend over at America First Policy Institute, my colleague Jack Brewer, says America has a sin problem. Mm, I absolutely agree with Jack. And the answer to that, and I said that to someone today, and it's complicated and they were telling me some things that were on the news. Oh, it's so complicated. I said, no, it's not. If you look to what God says, it's really
0: simple. Yeah. Yeah, no, so good. I want to ask you one more question, and then we're going to close this wonderful conversation out. We we do this with every guest. We call it a, a fire round. We ask three quick questions, and and just kind of at the top of of your heart and head, uh, what those answers might be. But but this final question before we move into that. Um, growing up, of course, the niece of Martin Luther King Jr. He obviously was and still is a a great hero. And uh, how how did you integrate? his leadership and mentorship into your own life?
2: Well, Martin Luther King Jr. did not operate in a vacuum. So I had my whole family. Mm -hmm. He was the most visible and certainly very wise and very loving. And we remember many of the things he said because he was rooted and he was grounded in God. So I just followed that pattern that my uncle followed. You know, God first, family, then country, you know, and put yourself first as well because you have to take care of your own mental stability your spiritual stability and uh, just your whole life so martin was trained in a family that loved the lord so was i Hmm. and i still apply those principles you'll hear me quoting quite often and uh, i'm very proud or pleased to be The niece of Martin Luther King Jr., the daughter of his brother, A.D. King, and his Mm little wife, Naomi, and my grandparents, Daddy King and Mama King. So I grew up in a Christian family. Uncle M.L. did, too. Mm -hmm. So those principles are easy to embrace and follow.
0: That's wonderful. Well, we're going to move into uh, into our fire, uh, fire round that we call it and uh, just ask a few questions surrounding kind of everything we've discussed. And, uh, and we just want to grab a few practical and applicable pieces of advice from your experiences for our listeners. So, Michael, if you would ask the first question.
1: Love it. Love it. So right off the bat, what advice would you give to young women specifically who are looking for uh, to grow in their leadership and maybe feel like they're not finding the right opportunities for that?
2: In speaking to young women, I give a role model that is a favorite of mine, Queen Esther. She was a- able to identify her calling in the midst of a pagan world and living in a harem as supposedly the queen. Yes. So she had to examine her destiny and to live accordingly. She spoke very softly to her husband and very kindly, but pointed out her dilemma. So, Queen Esther knew exactly who she was, and she was able to lead a nation to freedom. So, it's very important. Womanhood is a very beautiful and strategic position to be in, young ladies. Mm -hmm. God has blessed women who love the Lord. And if you love God and you walk according to your creative purposes
0: in Christ, You should do well. Yes, that's good. Uh, Second question, what personal characteristics do you think our younger generations are missing, and how can they develop those characteristics?
2: Young people today are missing to a great degree the work ethic, diligence, and certainly that spiritual relationship with God. Mm. And so if we can study to show ourselves approved unto God with diligence with faith, hope, and love, with purpose rather than entitlement, then we can see that that is where our success is. So, that's a lesson to the
1: young. Love it, love it. Last question for our fire round. What do you think is the key to reconciliation?
2: The key to reconciliation for the one-blood human race is to remember John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but to have everlasting life. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. So John 3.16 is not broken down by skin color, economic conditions, where you live, what church you go to. John 3.16 is for everybody in the one blood human race. And if we follow the love of God, then God will bless us. I
0: am so sure of that. Wow, well said. We uh, have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you, Dr. Alvita King, and, and grateful that you took time to have this conversation. Just grateful for your voice, for your servant leadership. I think uh, most of all, just even in this conversation, your spiritual discernment is so powerful and um, effective and just grateful thank for you. that. And uh, thank you for everything you do. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with Dr. Dr. Alvita King, you can follow her on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can reach her at Alvita King, uh, Alvita C. King, is that correct? At Alvita Sea King. Correct. Uh, so,
2: Alvita King.com. Speakforlife.org.
0: Speakforlife.org. Excellent.
1: Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And for more leadership content, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Engel. Uh, um, you can check us out on Instagram also at Dr. Michael Steiner or on Twitter at Kent Ingle. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, now would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a, an episode of Framework Leadership in your feed. You can also visit our website, KenIngle.com, subscribe to our weekly newsletter, get free leadership content right to your inbox every single week. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Take
0: care and God bless everybody.